Hey, Alan. And welcome to Dice Over Everything. So is it story time again? It's story time every day. I just don't usually record it. Awesome. So this story time is about uh, uh, the games that we love, and specifically about plot line and characters mm -hmm. in uh, miniature games. And why, why are they important? Which ones are our favorite storylines and, and characters? And what are we thinking about for our own game? And how will that tie in? So earlier in a previous podcast, we talked about like overall story, but we didn't mm -hmm. get really into the details of like the exact people in the universe. Mm -hmm. We kind of got got into the culture of it. But and when you why go... it's so important. Mm -hmm. Like you need that story to hook people in, get into the game. Yep. Uh, but that's sort of a bare minimum. Without that, people aren't going to be even playing on the same page. Mm-hmm. But I guess to create a more immersive experience, you'd mm -hmm. say you've got to go like right down to the character level. Uh, I think it it's interesting, and I th mm -hmm. I think it helps because we as people are uh, like just people in general. We're very much character driven, right? Yeah, we, we care about the specific people. Because we, like, if you have just, mm -hmm. I think we might have talked about it before, like that. If you're just reading a history book, some people like I find that really interesting, but. Other people do not. To so just read a series of events like the army traveled from this city to that city in 1232, yeah. which they defeated the army of 5,000 and then proceeded to. Like, yeah. eh, can, sometimes, some people like the facts and like they like counting the rivets on the mm -hmm. tanks, but most people want to hear about like, Bob, Bob the soldier went to that town uh -huh. and it was terrible and he felt terrible when he killed that guy just to eat his, take his house for a day and eat his bread. Mm-hmm. You, you remember that story about Bob. You will never yeah, forget that. But not about when he was there and what the army did with whatever, right? No. So I, I do feel like, I guess this is in, in some ways more talk in general about story and why it should be character driven. But, which everyone, I guess, knows that that's important to do that, right? Like, why was Game of Thrones so popular? Mm -hmm. Part of it is that it, it told this grand epic that's in the background that hit that is interesting, Cause, right? History is interesting. Because it's yeah. not like you have the army of the Starks, the army for whatever. It's like, this is Rob Stark's army versus yes. Jamie Lannister's yeah, army. Yeah, the personification it's, of all of that history. And you see, like, worlds are turning on these personalities, right? Yeah. It's a very character-driven story. Mm -hmm. So, oh, where do you want to go with this? I guess lots of, lots of games we've played before have a lot, like, they're very heavily character-driven. Mm -hmm. Or at least you can play the characters in the game yep. as well to bring like to bring the two together. So forty yep. k, you have most of their stories revolve around. There's when they talk about mm -hmm. the heroes, yep, like uh, Eldred, Uthwan, uh, Gazcult, Raka, and Ariman, Ariman, and mm -hmm. Chapter Master Cassius. Actually, I don't remember Space Marines. To me, they're all just the same. They all, they all have the same genes, yeah. whatever. Yeah, So and then the Space Marine heroes, right? But when you hear the stories, they're told through those eyes. Um, but more than that, they have the characters on on the battlefield. Yep. The same, uh, they have characters for them. But I, I think 40K, how it... I, we talked about this before, how they kind of suck you in is that you create your own characters. Yeah, because you can create... like Because the models are so customizable, mm -hmm. you can create your own... like captain or you create your own for Eldar mm -hmm. you would create your own Xarch or whatever with certain weapon loadouts yep. to feel like oh this is my character you could yep. name them and keep bringing them back over and over mm -hmm. or if you didn't want to get that creative you could just bring the pre-made 
you know, generic one, or mm-hmm. you, nowadays you would just netlist the strongest one. And this is called my Smash Captain, which is apparently the best loadout for a captain, a Space Marine captain. Mm-hmm. They're all the same. Every edition has a new Smash Captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then that's different than, let's say, a game like War, War Machine or Malifaux, mm-hmm. where the game is supposed to resolve, revolve around named characters, and you're kind of Playing you're you're forced to take a named character every time. Like the leader yeah. of your army in War Machine is always a named character. And and the story uh, of your games is one game in the plot in the plot line or the, the life of let's say Sorsha or the Negra or Malifaux I don't remember any the Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and do you feel like when you have the specific named characters and you're playing random battles, they can't, they don't feel, it doesn't feel, it feels more like a game, and maybe, and less like you're living out those battles. Because I think last time we talked about um, general storyline in the game, one of the things that's great about, that makes it special in uh, miniature games, mm-hmm. is that it feels like you're part of that history, and you're making that interactive history. Yeah. But when but- you're playing a specific character like Sorsha, where does that battle against your friend's Actually, also, how real story mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. how does that fit in? And then when your friend is also playing Sorsha, you're like, <laughs> how does this work out? Is one of us a pretender, or is this just like, uh, it feels kind of like gamey, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I get that. And whereas when I'm playing, uh, I don't know, Captain, or, or it would be like Farseer, I don't remember what I called him jazz hands and you're playing captain whatever whenever we're fighting you start creating the story of oh yeah how come captain jazz hands is constantly fighting against sorry farseer jazz hands is always interfering with, with terminator captain, lord whoever yeah mm-hmm. terminator lord you gotta make up the name Nah, there's no names terminator lord no name why is oh maybe captain uh, sorry farseer jazz hands just killing all of these lords mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like why is he keep on coming back why did the Space Marines always get a replacement guy? And But that becomes its own story in this world, right? So, I don't know. To me, I, I love that feeling of... I like the idea of having these characters to kind of... It creates the world that doesn't create the game yes. you're actually playing, though. And mm-hmm. Yes, and then you create characters that are uh, in, that, yeah, in that world. And maybe you have some supporting characters from the outer world and mm-hmm. storyline that come in every once in a while but you're not constantly playing you're not modern. always playing the main storyline you're playing yeah. a side quest unless mm-hmm. like robot girly man is the best model in the game and you just got to use him every single game yeah he's he's, he's everywhere <laughs> in the entire universe all yeah. at once yeah he's Fighting very very everyone. powerful that's mm-hmm. why he, the, 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 he's he's a primark uh yep so you would say you like the possibly I guess in Malfoy, you're always your crew is always led by a named character. Yeah. But I guess we go back to Infinity every time. You mean the the best game out there right now? Which is probably <laughs> the best decision that you can kind of bring in characters every mm-hmm. once in a while. Yep. And they have sort of an explanation of how they come back. It's like, oh, they just have like cubes, which are memory backups of them. Mm-hmm. So when they die, someone just like rebuilds another body for them, and then they come yeah. back to the battlefield. And they're not necessarily your leader. But yes. So they showed up on the battlefield. They're also not always the most uber powerful thing ever. Uh-huh. And yeah, and you can even run a, an army without any characters. It's just as good. Mm-hmm. Not just well, depending on the army you run, right? But it can be just as good. Some of the strongest characters. It's not like every single character is 
the strongest character, the strongest thing, right? Where you get some mm-hmm. sort of character bonus just for being named, right? They're different. Mm-hmm. Like, all the special characters are different, but they're not more powerful than the other guys. And they often don't have more abilities either, yeah. right? So, I, I don't know. To me, I, I really like that. Um, and that allows you to play, let's say, a campaign that we're going to be running soon for uh, uh, Infinity, where you have four missions and you're you get to experience. I guess this is the kind of thing, uh, getting into plot lines, general plot lines of the world. Uh, when you, uh, the the missions that we're going to play for Infinity are from uh, Corvus Belli. They released uh, these four missions that you can play that are linked to be a kind of a mini campaign. Uh, and they, they've already created the story surrounding yeah. the campaign and that's, book. Yeah, and that's the story of the universe. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to go and play through that and and see kind of the ground-level combat of our guys. And we kind of grafted on a little bit of a, um, an extra... Uh, oh, mechanic, to mechanic turn it into to more of a campaign yeah. Yeah, we campaign kind of looked, system? Yeah, we kind of looked at their campaign system. They have someone already, but... So I, I don't know how much campaign fully... system, I don't know how much campaign systems relate to characters in the game. Well, having named characters, mm-hmm. like campaign systems are a good way to create your own characters because mm-hmm. then the character keeps coming back because you're yeah. forced to bring a new one rather than just like throw away all those people and bring in a yeah. new crew for the next game. It campaigns... creates some more attachment to your armies and yep. the guys that you have on the table that you're bringing every day. Mm-hmm. Which is a good like I think that's the good alternative way other than having named characters mm-hmm. is that if you're going to create your own people if you don't keep bringing them back and back they never develop a story. Yeah. So you need to I guess then have named characters of the world if every game is independent mm-hmm. you kind of need named people to come back once in a while to tie Or you can just name your character. Like some people call them like oh this is my character I don't know mm-hmm. Big Guns or whatever. I'm obviously not very good at making up names on a fly. That's why I'm not even trying. <laughs> yeah. So I guess with Frost, like even like Frostgrave, where you create generic characters for the entire army. Mm-hmm. If you keep, I name all of mine. Mm-hmm. I think I've probably mentioned this before. If, if I ever played more than two games with the same crew in a row, mm-hmm. maybe I'll give them names after they live or after they come back more than twice. In this campaign, one game or two games? It's the second game, right? You oh, I missed games. the first game, so I don't know. No, 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 but we've played, this was mission three or four, or three? This is mission three, so have you played one game or two games? I haven't played in months. I've only played one game this campaign. Okay. All I right. haven't played for months. Anyway, yeah, so we have a Frostgrave campaign, which is mm-hmm. the second best game, in my opinion, yep. out there. The rules are super tight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the campaign system, which builds its own story. But it also has the, you know, the, the, the generic story mm-hmm. uh, in the back. Now... One thing that I want to focus on, uh, you know, over on top of what we talked about before, is specific plot lines and how plot lines and continued story, changing story, is how is that important for these kind of games? Like, the reason why I'm talking about campaigns is because I think they're a perfect way to implement uh, changing story in your player's gameplay. So we talked about uh, Frostgrave, right? Mm-hmm. So you have they, have they have a set of random missions in the base book, right? It's 10 random missions. You just roll up a new mission, and you play that, and your, your group uh, gets XP and, and, and upgrades, and your army changes, and that becomes its, uh, its own story. Yes. But there's also, on top of that, in the later books, a lot of them have a campaign, which is a 10-mission-linked story where you're following a very specific 
you know, events that are happening in the world, and you get to participate in that, right? Mm -hmm. Just like in our Infinity thing, it's not just that there's a four random games that we're playing that is creating a campaign, like a storyline between our armies, which I think is amazing and very cool. I mean, there's, there's pluses and minuses for doing that. Yep. But it's four missions, specific missions, that are telling a very specific story in that world, right? It's a continuing, evolving plot line of the story that you play. So we look at, like, uh, like why does it matter that in 40K, back in the day, or maybe even now, every once in a while, they would have a worldwide campaign. And they would say, this is going to change the storyline, right? There's one thing that we talked about before, plot line, history, all of those things are important to get people hooked. Yep. But why is it important that that story changes? Why is it when 40K had this uh, summer events, right, where where depending on the gameplay that you're doing, they promised you that the world would change based on that. You don't... What, do you think players want to be part of the overall story, like themselves? Yeah, well... Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think so. Okay. And it's... I don't know, there's there's something more about just, just playing the history, right? Like, you talked about the... When you play Sorsha... Versus Sorsha, it just feels like you're either playing a game or you're playing in history, like you're playing, you're retelling the stories of before. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you have an evolving plot line, it feels like it kind of drags you in one level even further into the story of the world. So it's not, you're not just playing all past the story, you're, you're now actually or playing. Or random what if, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're now actually playing the current yes. happenings of the story. Yeah, you feel. You, and you're playing with the future of the story, not. Yeah, it kind of adds almost like, I don't know, you call it an RPG element, where you're kind of now on ground level telling that story, right? Mm-hmm. So like I, like I talked about before in our podcast about the story, it, it helps guide you into uh, writing that history of your main ca- of your commander, right? That, like I said, I had a log of every single game of my elder commander. Mm-hmm. It kind of, if you're playing a campaign, it kind of encourages you to write those stories, to get involved with that character, to think about who your army is as this world is changing around it and how are they affecting and changing the world. Hmm. So I guess that can work for ships as well, I suppose. If you mm-hmm. had some sort of captain element to it, you could almost explain more that if their ship gets destroyed... Uh-huh. They keep going potentially. But I mean, you could even say like, okay, so we're now going to our game, right? Also, well, different ways of like, because mm-hmm. obviously people get killed in these campaigns. Mm-hmm. So the question is how you have the continuity there. Yeah, you need loss. I think it's like any story, mm-hmm. loss and, and gains. I think um, when we turn to our our game, uh, we have a spaceship game. So you have. Multiple things. You have the spaceship itself can be the physical model itself is kind of like a continuous thing. You may yeah, keep bringing the same just model. Just like back. you have the Enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. In Star Trek, uh, it can continue. And even if the the captains change, like oftentimes there's history in that that hull. And if we're saying in our universe that ships are upgraded and changed, but maybe their name is the same, mm-hmm. it, your ship could gain a lot of history, even if its engines are updated with new technology and all this kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So it's like the continuation of that ship, just like we have right now battleships, right? And yeah, stuff. You outfit with different names. weapons. Yeah. And it's still still the same core ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you can also have a captain on top of that who might change to different places, but they have some sort of 
continued history mm-hmm. as you play every game, right? Yep. Uh, or yeah. So you think having cap, obviously, like having two new camps layered on, uh-huh. becomes complicated. I I think if we would want, I guess we're talking about specifically, kind of almost like campaigns. Mm-hmm. So if there's a campaign, maybe you would want, maybe in a campaign yeah. system, you would layer on more rules. Yeah. Whereas on a one-on-one game, you wouldn't layer on those rules. Yeah, so like... In like Frostgrave, in, yeah. in theory, you could show up and play a one-off game. One-off game, you just roll the th- you just, three character. You just give yourself a bunch of cash, you increase your level, yeah. and you just play that one-off. It's almost fun to like, okay, I'm going to roll up a level three character, you roll up a level three character, mm-hmm. or a level five character, or whatever, yeah. and then we'll see who wins. It becomes all about that the gameplay of that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that is super fun. Like I, Whenever I play Frostgrave... It's fun. Mm-hmm. Same Some thing. people they get cra- like they go crazy and they hate it, but <laughs> when when the, the dice don't go their way, but for me, maybe, I don't know. Maybe they don't like it more because it's a campaign system. So when things don't when go they their fall way, behind. they feel like, oh no, my yeah, my wizard is gonna fall behind, mm-hmm. and my wizard might die, and then I'm just out of the game forever, and I'm not gonna be able to show up next time because my wizard will be too weak, and you're like. Just roll up a new character, then, it's fine. If they're afraid of that, just take, like, a super sissy wizard that hides in the back and goes invisible, or, like, cast... But he won't level up, because you need to get treasure to level up. Well, his warband can go do that. He can go, like... <laughs> no, yeah, a lot of people do that. He can just go wave in the back. But people... I don't know. People don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they just haven't thought about it because they don't play enough. Who knows? Just stay close to the board all edge or all the time and be like... Oh, All right. yeah, exactly. run, just run away. I'm just gonna cast buff spells from halfway across the thing. Exactly. With a wizard eye. Mm-hmm. Or use a wizard eye to cast another wizard eye. You can do that. Yep. Yeah, I never really thought about that. Yeah, you can use a wizard eye, cast another wizard eye, mm-hmm. and then the other wizard eye would disappear. Or maybe maybe you're not allowed to cast another wizard eye. I don't know if it dispels the old one. Yeah, it does. So your but your new one will be further away. Oh my question is, yeah. does it dispel it or can you just not cast another one? It might be you can't cast. You can only have one at once. So yeah. So the question is, if you cast another one, is it dispelling the old one? Yeah, that's usually that's how most of the mechanics in that game work. You cast okay. a new one, the other one disappears. Okay. Anyhow, I don't know if that mechanic relates to much else, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, so back to campaign systems, where I guess if you uh, want to create the storytelling thing, mm-hmm. like you can layer on the added element of characters mm-hmm. to it. So like yeah, you can have yeah. I guess you would have two XP tracks, right? You mm-hmm. have your your character and then you have your fleet, right? And your ships. Your ships can get upgraded and then you're... Right, or right? injured, I guess. Yes, or injured. And then your crew can learn and experience and maybe they become more experienced with the ships that they use or whatever. You have or maybe you just keep it level the captain becomes experienced. Maybe the captain is is the proxy for the crew, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Right? So it's the, the crew and the captain all go together. This is his, this is that, that crew, and even if it's just an AI on the ship, you just have two module systems, right? You have your AI system, and then you have your your uh, your oh. ship system. And your AI can even die, mm-hmm. right? Or your, your crew, your captain, can, can get off, yep. right? And then maybe you have to pay some sort of penalty to upgrade it. Mm-hmm. So... so but how about specific... So that's, I guess, in general about campaign systems. I think that's something that I think we should have. It kind of helps you... It helps give players a different way yes. to play and encourages them to come back and play more, more games, games after just one game. Mm-hmm. That's true. Like the one or a couple times that we played uh, Song of Ice and Fire and then 
we didn't have any encouragement to come back because we have all a million other games because we were so campaign. Yeah, you just put the same guys on the board and they would be the same again. Yeah. Whereas yeah. for us, I'm like, oh, I want to play my wizard again. He just got a little bit more XP. He got more cash and I can yeah. get this new character. It kind of helps keep the game in people's mind space, right? After yeah. every game, they have, a, they have something to look forward to in the next game. Because you don't feel like you're going to go back and play the same game again. Yes. Which, in small skirmish well, games... Well, and you're also bringing back your character that you mm-hmm. can kind of fall in love with, right? Yep. So in a smaller skirmish game like Frostgrave, where there's only 10 things on the board, mm-hmm. there's, like, you might not change things up too much from game to game. Because there's, like, when you have 50 pieces on the board, you can swap a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's really easy. It doesn't change the core of the army. But if you have 10 guys, like, it's a big change to the army if you change out three guys. So, like, in a giant army, mm-hmm. like, you can switch some guys around. Yeah. And you hard like you hardly even notice like the big change, mm-hmm. but you feel like you've got a new army there. Just mm-hmm. Trying to describe it, but so in what the campaign system, if we get a new ship or you want to change out the ships, I don't know. Like honestly, if we start thinking about it, like we haven't really thought about a campaign system in our game, but if we do end up um, implementing it. Uh, it's a lot of work, right? Oh, Especially yeah. for, in making sure that the game is somewhat balanced. Exactly. Although, right, it, it plays well, mm-hmm. even though your, you know, your people's level of power is gonna skew significantly. Is that something that we want to be have an alternate track for, like single player or whatever? That there you have an alternate track of uh, ships that upgrade and crew and stuff, or is that going to be the main way that we want? No, I don't think it, I don't think it's the main way you want people to play. I think you want it to be more of a like X wingish where you show up, mm-hmm. you bring you bring the army that's meant to do something. Uh-huh. But then campaign is just like a side way of playing. So the upgrade should be smaller. Yes, like more like in Infinity, where, where one of your like a character or something gets something added onto them. Which is why you're talking about the captain. Mm-hmm. Like your flagship slowly gets better. Maybe you have. Uh, flagship abilities. Yep. So, uh, and maybe even maybe even your other capitals can get minor secret upgrades or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's definitely something that we can think about. As long as they don't become super overpowering. Exactly. Because right? same thing we talked about Frostgrave, that people feel like they don't want to fall behind or they can't come back yeah, to the next game. because they, they start hating it. But I think it's, it's totally a great idea to have like a specific campaign where maybe it's only a three or four... Maybe maybe we don't do ten man or like Frostgrave infinite infinite yeah. number of missions. Every campaign that you play is three to four or something like that. Mm-hmm. As a normal campaign system, where you can play one off. So you can play like in a month. Like if you say it's four games, a typical yeah, campaign. It's four games. Week. You play once a week. It's a month. Yeah. And there's less of a way to fall behind because if mm-hmm. you play like, oh, I've been bringing this wizard back for fifteen games. Oh, you just rolled up a new one. Oh. Oh well, uh, my wizard is forty levels, and you're going to lose. I have <laughs> and my. Like, I have four rings of teleportation for each of my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> because why not just take four of those? Yes. And one ring of power. There might be a limit to the number of items you can have. That's fine. I don't even have a staff. I don't need I that. Threw that. I away. literally just teleported. I just, I just away. Have my fist. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and I have uh, nine rangers, all with rings of teleportation as well. <laughs> I, I might have taken something to cause like better shots so they Pretty much kill oh. you 50-50 in one oh, shot. Oh, yeah, so all of my guys have, like, plus one bows. Yeah. And they're magic enchanted from the previous games. 
Yeah, well, no, that's the magic jump with bows. That's that's what you do. Oh, so then I want, like, the ring that makes me better at shooting, and then I enchant the bow, and then it stays enchanted? No, no, you can... Uh, all of your guys in Frostgrave, all of your non-heroes, mm-hmm. can only have one item. Yeah, but you can... But you can do enchanting during the game? During the game. And then there's ways yes. of embedding it so it stays for the next game. No. No? You can only embed something that is not was not enchanted at first. When you take... Take some. You take an item and then you enchant the weapon after. Anyway, Actually, I don't think you can give a plus one to a bow that's already enchanted. Oh, okay. They I brought both this. Yeah, I think it's the other way around. That you can't enchant a bow. So you can give them like a ring that gives them some sort of bonus, yeah. and then you can enchant their bow during the game. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it becomes magical, like during the game, it's fine to be magical. But as soon as the game ends, if you embed the enchantment, you the guy can't have both. Okay, that's fine. He just has boots that make him run way faster. And yeah. Then you just take all the treasure. I think you just have... Uh, everyone has a ring of teleportation. And your wizard has, <laughs> has four. Four and one extra... No, he has a staff of power. Mm-hmm. Plus two staff of power. Yeah, of course. Yeah. All right. Anyways, more like metting about Frostgrave. By the way, Frostgrave is an amazing game. Second best game, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, out there, and I play, but don't I play let a the, lot of games now. But don't let the campaign go on forever. Otherwise, someone will... Become. Yeah, I think I think that's why in the in the books is back to like campaigns and, and, and characters and plot lines. They're generally like ten, eight, eight to ten. Well, I, could, I guess a small campaign is like three, and then a bigger one is eight or ten. Okay. Because that is like a thing where you're coming back. You have like you're basically playing during the summer or maybe even during a full year, right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's say uh, you play once a month. You can come back every month and play and like. You know, it encourages you to come back and play. So in that game, I'm less worried about the campaign, because we figured out you should play with more than two players on the board at once. So if one player becomes too good, you just team up and start Yeah, and just beat him, him down, and then you can kind of level up with the other guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you have a one-on-one, if the game is meant to be one-on-one, you really have to worry about the power creep. Yeah, you have to campaign. have some sort of balancing out mechanic that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think Frostgrave would be better if it had named characters you could buy? No. No? Okay. I wonder if that would actually be... You don't think some people out there would be like, ooh, this is super cool. I mean, think, some you know what, game... mm-hmm. okay, so... Not if he continues to be in your band. Because the whole point is that oh, you're building you, your own band. Oh, you're saying if he's like a mercenary, if he shows up once? One you, time. You hand him a sack of cash and he shows up yes. once? That's an interesting or way if of you, if you make in. a roll mm-hmm. on... on, on Let's say you make a treasure roll, right? And it's like, oh, you got a, a ring of, I don't know, like a, a like a genie lamp or something like that. Mm-hmm. You can use it one time to summon a character, and he replaces the character that summoned him just for that game. So the other character doesn't die. But that during that game, you get to use, I don't know, a hero of legend. And that's, that's the guy that shows up just for that one game. Mm-hmm. And that's your magic item plus probably some gold. That's true. Make it worth it. Yep. That would be cool. Okay. So, so is yeah, they should have... totally do that as magic item. That's a really cool magic item. Oh, there you go. So you do think it would be cool to have like named characters. You just can't like they don't belong once to in, you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and once in a while, right? And it, maybe it's a campaign character, right? That you use at one time, and they do have that, but for enemies. <laughs> yes. Like there's there's one lich lord lich in law and yeah in the, or the goblin king shows up or whatever the ghoul king the ghoul king you have the ghoul king there's one ghoul king that is a character mm-hmm. there's one lich lord there's one like barbarian I think there's two there's a barbarian shaman and a barbarian killer 
and then there's like a bunch of demons, named demons that are characters, right? So they do have them, just yeah. generally as bad guys that you fight, not not characters that you can use every once in a while. Yeah, so I guess that gives a hero. Okay. So that gives away where you feel like you're part of the yeah, the world's story because that exactly. guy just showed up. Yeah, it's interesting. So this is actually one thing that I I, I guess tying into all of that kind of stuff, characters, right? Mm-hmm. How about, I, w- I want to get back to uh, gen- generally, like, plot lines in, uh, in, like the, story, in story. the storytelling, like in the books as opposed to on the table? Um, yeah, continued story st- uh, plot lines. Oh, so when you, like, release another book, whether it's a codex or whether yeah. it's a new rule book or whether it's, like, a campaign supplement? Yeah, they're like, oh, this guy... He just, I don't know, got promoted, or or this guy died, or this guy fell in love with this girl. I don't know. That's 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 more like a story, not not more of a war, but you know, whatever you have to, you have to write whatever. a story somehow. Yeah, it can't so all just be. So how is that? Is that important? Like, I'll, I guess it kind of is. Obviously. Yeah, you want something to change, right? Because I don't know if you've listened to that uh, Gorilla Mitchell's game uh, podcast story uh, i think that when they talked about um talking about story i don't know i listened to a whole bunch of them okay i don't listen to too many of them okay i think he was talking about how important story is and how the story oh it was it was the last one that that, that we were talking about before about how the storyline of uh warhammer 40,000 has kind of almost painted itself into a corner like it's gotten too big and too whatever and he said oh you got to reset the story because you, you you want things to be able to continue to happen and you don't want it to feel like there's a stalemate in the world and then because it's if, almost like the world if dies they need, if, if they need to replace like, change. and if they need to replace model lines they have to advance the story too they don't have um, to yeah, it just helps otherwise on, I guess yeah exactly people <laughs> hate that though yeah so they pretty much have to move the story forward so they don't uh-huh. want to keep like selling the same box of like tired warriors for 30 years in a row they kind of want to do that. I think my orcs are from third edition. Yeah. Which I think is getting in on to 20 years now. Exactly. So they need to come up with a new story and be like, what? The old ones are gone. Oh, more than 20 years. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. It's been a long time since yeah. the, the, like, the same sprue is going on and on. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. They're like perennials. <laughs> But yeah, you, you need to constantly change. You've got to re- release new models, release new rules to keep things alive. Yeah, you've got to keep it interesting yeah. for players by by yeah. releasing things, A, so the game on the board stays interesting. Huh? But then you kind of have to... Ex- People want an explanation for why it happened, which then comes mm-hmm. into the story. The story's mm-hmm. got to drive... Well, it could. it's really actually the other way around. They want to release minis. Uh-huh. But it's got to be drive rules, the story. Minis and rules. Mm-hmm. If it, you're just a rules-based game, but yeah, you need some sort of story to, to to reason out why this suddenly new thing showed up. Yeah, make people care that it happened. Yeah. So for a brand new game, I guess it doesn't uh-huh. matter as much. But if you're releasing another edition, I suppose it matters that, like, say, in a ship game, mm-hmm. this faction has to have built a new shipyard over here, mm-hmm. and they've now created this thing, yeah. or they built the ship in response to these mm-hmm. people's special weapons. Yeah, and then you also have the feeling like, oh, I wonder what changed in these past little whiles, right? Oh, did is my faction like, I like, like we talked about on uh, when you play the games on the tabletop, things are changing, right? Especially if you have a campaign, it feels like the world is advancing when you play, 
But then if the storyline of the of the game does not advance, it feels weird because why why is the game advancing on your tabletop but not advancing in the greater world? Mm -hmm. So to me, being able to tie are you that fighting in, the same battle over and over on the same battlefield and never exactly. never, you never get anywhere. Or are you getting a new battlefield that you are fighting on, right? And then if, if you advance the storyline and say, oh, this person died, like Malifaux just had a new edition, and they killed, or got rid of four or five characters. I think the reason why they did it is to simplify things and reduce the number of masters. But then they're also, it helped solidify the idea that the world is changing. Four or five guys just have disappeared. Yep. Right? And now you have... Yeah, and some of these characters that didn't used to be like main characters, masters, are now masters, right? So that kind of changes the uh, changes the world, helps keep things fresh, like you're talking about, helps them come back, mm -hmm. feel things are different, and it helps keep the world feeling alive. Okay. So when games are bigger, I can see how that's really necessary because they've got to have they've got to have more of a churn through if they keep doing new releases mm -hmm. and they've got to, they put out something new and at some point they've got to take away something so it doesn't become too overblown which we talked about in our last podcast mm -hmm. which gives them a lot of opportunity to release new books with the sort of with the updated with the stats on the characters with uh -huh. stories on the characters with mm -hmm. possibly new missions if the game is mission based system based yeah which I guess in Infinity, a lot of the books come with like new missions in the back. Yeah, that no one plays. That no one plays. They don't have to be part of the campaign. <laughs> but it's an excuse to put yeah. a book out, I guess. Oh, well, we're about to. Mm -hmm. We're about to, to go play, I think, the first the first uh, book missions. Mm -hmm. So maybe we, if we like it, we'll go back and play the other ones. Yep, possibly. I think there's two two other ones that are like 12 missions in the past couple books. So. Mm -hmm. so that might be a reason, like that's a good reason to put out books, is to create new, like, to create yeah. new missions. Yeah, that's actually why we... Uh, well, a big reason why I buy the new Frostgrave books, right? Each one has a different campaign of... I guess all the newer ones have, have campaigns of eight or whatever. It's mm -hmm. not just new rules. It's not just saying uh, new new guides, new spells, or new items. It's a story that you can go and play through. Mm -hmm. So I think of other games, though, when they don't release so many models, mm -hmm. the question is how they keep driving the story ahead. Like, mm -hmm. I'm thinking X-Wing, where they've gone and redone the everything, uh -huh. but they released everything at once. Uh -huh. There's, though, in their case, they've got all the movies behind it, which uh -huh. keep driving the story. They've got tons of books. So you're not so... that their story is weak now. Yes. Because they... It has to be based on 789. It is. Yeah. Sad. I know. It's probably not good for the game either. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why the game is not doing as well anymore. Mm -hmm. The underlying story of it has been damaged. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. That's, that's one interesting example to see of why the stories are really important. So how about for us then, if we were to go back? Um, so what for our game? Mm -hmm. Do we have an like? Do we have these kind of stories? These 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 points in mind? I guess right now we're still trying to build uh, the history. Right? Mm -hmm. The stuff we talked about last time about why fluff and whatever is important. Yeah, so when but, people buy like the main rule book, like the first uh -huh. version of the rule book, uh -huh. obviously that or, comes. Yeah. Well, oh, anyways, the the rule book has to exist in some yeah. incarnation, mm -hmm. or at least when you buy like the starter thing, it will come with some sort of paper object inside of it. Mm -hmm. It will describe the world because mm -hmm. everybody wants to be able to pick something up and be able to like, read it. Yeah. 
So sucked in. Mm-hmm. So that obviously, when the game comes out initially, that gives you an opportunity to present all the fluff. Mm-hmm. But then, say for a lot of games that are more of a skirmish scale, they'll keep doing new releases for like single model blisters. They won't do mm-hmm. whole new books where you come out with like one thing for every faction in the book mm-hmm. to give the stats. Since we've found if you put out a book and the stats are fixed, things could be broken, and then now mm-hmm. they're fixed in the book, yep. and the game's in trouble. So, yeah. so I, I think most game manufacturers for minis have realized that that's not the way to go. Especially now when you have the internet, right? Which yeah. is the best way to release updated rules and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But you still want want uh, a way for your the people that like your stuff to give you money to produce the things that they love, right? Yeah. So having that story in there where you're saying, okay, give us some money, we'll give you like that, that story, the, the design, all that kind of stuff in there. Yeah, and you get the stats on. Even if you don't buy the model, here's mm-hmm. the stats on all the other things the other factions got. Yeah. But now that that's become less of an ideal way to release those rules, having books created like that, there's uh-huh. less incentive to do that. Except for the fluff, right? You're almost, mm-hmm. I guess with the internet, you're kind of... <clears throat> You're kind of dividing the how people uh, buy or, or give you money or consume these mm-hmm. three different things, right? You have the rule stats, which you want to keep up to date, because that thing, I think everyone realizes that Did that you... needs to be done. But a lot of, like, if you're talking about, say, you have miniatures, then your initial mi- miniature design cannot, right? If it's physical, you're obviously going to sell that. Yep. Uh, and then you have your... Uh, storyline which like we talked about is critical for your game but yeah people will definitely want to pay well i guess we're finding that there is a certain group of people that will want to pay for it mm-hmm. right so i'm surprised more. i bought every single book from infinity and now they don't even have stats it's literally just the story yeah and the i, I art bought the last like two and it's just it was just for art the story and like and if, a miniature and a miniature okay i didn't want to admit that i bought a miniature <laughs> for 70 dollars, but yeah i bought two miniatures for 70 dollars. with the book the that book. has a story with nice like with nice art and all that so yeah, yes. and the art matters yeah no i don't i don't regret it yeah so like i guess that is one way to sell the story like you attach mm-hmm. a miniature to it and then mm-hmm. it has a book and some art yeah and pe- if people are fans of the game they'll buy it yeah it's the other way like with war machine they started having just straight up writers started mm-hmm. releasing stories for individual characters and books, yeah, they didn't do well at all. No, they were they're really cheap. They were like they were affordable. So, but I guess they didn't do that. I, well. I think the thing, like I think we talked about it last time, mm-hmm. uh, the type of people, I guess maybe that really get into miniature games, because you're like most of the the game is visual, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like your your um, your pure novel format, your pure novel format is a subset, mm-hmm. right? And like I said, once you do that, you're competing. Like I said last time, you're competing with novels, and the bar that you have to have, where you can't tie directly in, is much higher, right? When you have novels, like mm-hmm. I would. Although I did talk to some people at the game store the other day that were really into 40k novels, and like I was saying, oh, I've read so many of these, and I'm like, really? Yeah. So there's obviously a market maybe, for it. Maybe you can. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. I don't know. I bought a few of the War Machine ones because they were just like five dollars on, oh, yeah, on yeah. the phone. Yeah. So. It was not a major investment. I, I, bought, I bought one. Mm-hmm. I bought the Butcher one. Yeah. Because I like Kador. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I was surprised. Yeah. So I guess that's one way of doing the story. But that that's more just tied into individual characters. It's not about advancing the mm-hmm. whole world. Yeah. Um, I guess when you release new editions, you can do that. But those books are fewer. Those books are quite far between. Yeah. 
Yeah. I almost feel like with these books uh, that, okay, you have your initial rule book, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, when you rele when they release these extra add-on books where it just, it, like, it's almost like an art book for the game that you're playing, mm -hmm. right? That helps give you context to um, all of the miniatures and battles that you're playing out. So you have this beautiful art book that, in my opinion, should be able to go on your, your coffee table, right? And then you open up and you have, you know, the art, the big, big pieces of art, and then cool stories and text underneath, and almost like a history of the world. And then maybe, you know, you have your short stories and stuff, and you have your character profiles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That, to me, helps. It's like a supplemental product that, it's true, a subset of your, uh, of your, of the people that are into the game will read, but then they, the, those people that like it will then distribute that information, right, to the other people. Mm -hmm. And that kind of helps build that cohesive, uh, not cohesiveness, that, uh, shared that, universe. Yeah, shared universe, mm -hmm. yes. And like we said, without the good, the good shared universe, the game's in trouble. Yeah. So, for the, you know, if everybody doesn't buy it and they're not forced to buy it, it's still actually helping the entire game community. Yeah, I think so. Um, so I think we've got to think about what that means for our game. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, I think, oh, I think what I also want to talk about was, uh, well, we can say that for another another podcast about so I was thinking uh, about factions and the, yeah, go on. I was thinking about Malfo, though, of what they've done, like what they do in between their main books to keep the story going. I guess they release new character packs, uh -huh. which essentially that character which has, like, a little has some story. And stuff mm -hmm. like that. But what they do in between. That world may not be quite as story-driven either. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, yeah. People don't talk about the story quite as much for that game. But then again, the game is not as popular, so... <laughs> yeah, maybe... I don't know. When I look at it, I do see... There is there's definitely a story, and there is... Um, I think there is some driving force and narrative for that. Like one of the big things that uh, is important that just happened is is like there's this character that was like as a fan favorite, um, who was the uh, deposed demon lord, right, of the Nephilim, right? Okay. Just like demons, right? And basically, she was deposed by her sister. So how did people actually get this information though that this happened? Did, I don't know. How did they communicate? I it? guess it's from the books. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got it from the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> from people who read the books and then and came then on boards and told okay. me. All right. Yeah. And then and and uh, and also from Andrew who who got into it a bit. Mm -hmm. Um and then uh, and recently in the new third edition, spoilers, this deposed demon, which was a side character before, has become the new uh, the new master. Of the Nephilim, and uh, the old model is gone. Mm -hmm. Like the her sister is now gone. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, they released the whole new book, so they can they can advance the story at that point. Yeah, but I'm just talking about like in the eight years between editions, uh -huh. how you communicate to your. I don't think it was eight years. No. No. Yeah. It says they have. They're already on the third edition. Mm -hmm. This is the third edition. It seems to be at. Was it eight years? No. When we started, it was first edition. Second edition came up while we were playing. Uh, Infinity, I thought. Oh, I thought. Okay. No, we started War Machine in 2010. Mm -hmm. And they weren't on second edition then? No, Infinity wasn't on third edition. No, second oh. edition came out while we were, I think we were playing, around the same time as Infinity. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. The internet? 
Yeah, I guess. Everything's reds. But, um, but you still want to, like, if you're a game maker, you, you want to get yeah. some sort of revenue for releasing this content. Yeah. Or, well, it, it, it'll come around in some ways. I mean, you get people that are super excited about your world, right? If, they, if they're willing to pay you somehow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for us, with our story, I think we've, we've talked a bunch of, about the back world building. Uh, but how about the specific, I guess, factions? Um, I think we need to talk, think more about those plot lines, like the future plot lines or the past plot lines and the character of the important characters in each of these factions. Yep. And I think that does help us define each of, will help us define each of the characters, each of the factions. Yes, I think once you come up, come up with an overall story, like mm-hmm. there should be characters involved in like the events. Mm-hmm. So you kind of, I think coming up with the, the overarching story and like the we theme We already have the kind of the general history and mm-hmm. we've, we've gone through the themes, I guess the overall themes of the factions. At least, at least uh, like uh, Gameplay-wise, yep. So I think we just need to kind of push that more deeply into the actual way that the factions, uh, in a story way, kind of exist. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess that can that doesn't really relate to campaigns. Like the campaign doesn't have to be related to the storyline of the four mm-hmm. different factions, because you want to be able to allow any faction yeah, to play. Yeah, it's more about the characters. It's more just about creating yeah. some characters yeah. that people can like associate yeah. with the story, because that's how we all think back yeah. of history. We think of the people who were involved in the stories. Mm-hmm. So when you write stories for... Although when you think game, about it, it'd be cool to have campaigns that, uh, depending on the faction that you're running, could be different. Or maybe this campaign is specifically about this war with these two factions. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just yeah. think to think about and then I, I know we talked about this a little bit, but like we have a defined kind of set of set goal of how many guess, factions and how, how many, many factions, per faction. even mm-hmm. like releases, like I, I guess chunks of the game that we want to to put out there, right? Yeah. So when I guess a new chunk of the game comes out, it makes sense to have fluff attached to it. Mm-hmm. But the question is like how you deliver the fluff yeah. of why these new things and, were created. And do we have a general idea of how the story will advance for those for what we f- believe is the general story that we want to tell yeah, in, some... these, in these uh, game? Oh, mm-hmm. in terms of like in mo- like in terms of how the story will advance like yeah. past the current yeah. point. And where does it end? When like we did talk about, we don't want to make the game any bigger than uh, the best game it should be, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the question is, how do you keep the story going if people feel like they need to have the story keep going? Or, where should we kind of quote unquote end the story, right? Mm-hmm. So if we have the campaigns in each book, right, or, and that you play out, and where does the story end at the very end, right? And maybe it's just that phase, but like that piece of history, where is that going to be? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should think about that. Yeah, that might make sense. And then a new, basically, it requires <laughs> a new addition to move the story forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's I guess that's when we're doing it. All right. Uh, have anything else, or is that good? I think that's good. All right. Uh, cool. A lot to think about. Yep. All right. All right. Let us know if there's campaigns you like for other games that mm-hmm. we might not have thought about. Yeah. And if you read the the fluff or story of uh, our factions, tell us what is, which one's your favorite, and which one should we concentrate on creating characters for first. I think we have to do the ones that are in the starter box. Yes, that makes sense. Okay. The we- start. Yeah. All right, so uh, this has been uh, Alan. It's been Brandon. Bye. 
All right, one last thing. Yeah, if you like this podcast and want to hear more, just like us wherever you're listening. Yeah, and if you want to keep track of our uh, work on Starpiercer, go to starpiercer.com, or if you're on Facebook, go to our Starpiercer community. So, that's basically it. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.